Hello, and welcome to Fire and Water, a Zutara podcast. My name is Katie, and I'm here with my co-host and best friend, Frankie. Hi, everyone. We're so glad to be back for our third episode, and today we are discussing, as you can probably tell from the title, um, a huge topic in the Zutara fan space, I guess you could call it. Um, A specific episode, a specific moment that is very much the lifeblood of all of us Zutara shippers, and that (laughs) is the last Agnikai between Zuko and Azula. It's a topic that when you talk about Zutara, you you really, you can't skip past it. It will always come up. Exactly. There's no avoiding it. Yeah. Um, It's a moment that I think, you know, kind of going back to our first episode is very indicative that they were originally meant to be canon. And very much, I think, the climactic moment of them saving each other, where Zuko quite literally jumps in front of lightning for Katara, and Katara uses her healing water to finally save Zuko, as she almost did before, but, you know, didn't quite get there. Yeah. Um, You know, and unfortunately faced that very heartbreaking betrayal from Zuko that she later confronts him over. So it's a beautiful moment um, of solidarity. Really, I think the final seal in their trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And at this moment, I think, is a very unconditional bond. Um, Mm. You know, that's kind of what we talk, like what we're talking about when we say that Zutar shouldn't have happened without that fourth season. It needed time to develop romantically. Yeah. It's more the promise. And that, I think, is one of one of the biggest moments where we see that lost potential and what was about to build. Yeah. Uh, and just the fact that there's like, literally it's like he electrified by love. I always think of that when I see that scene, it's like, there are so many puns around that you can make. Like he literally takes a bolt of lightning electricity for her. And there's so many, you know, in romance and in stories like that, it's literally, most people say it's like, oh, it was electric. The romance was electric. And he literally takes a bolt of lightning for her. And I just think that's a little bit punny. And that's the kind of sacrifice and dramatic moment of, you know, in the other partner or other person rushing forward, worried about the other person and if they're okay. That's the kind of thing that we see narratively with yeah. couples. It's the big climactic moment where, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, is my ship going to get together? It reads that way 100%. So I think for a lot of people, they were maybe like, oh, are they actually going to build something here? You know, when watching the finale, when it aired, it's, oh, a, it's I, the second to last episode. I have <laughs> you know, watched... You know, it's right before the end. Like, is this it? I've watched a bunch of re- of Avatar reactions, reaction videos on YouTube. I love... Uh, reaction videos, it makes me feel very connected to the community, to many different fandom communities. Um, Same. Because we're both a part of multiple fandoms. Many, many fandoms. Many. <laughs> I, I could not count them all, actually, I don't think. I think I'd miss a couple. But um, And we're no. going to make a podcast for every single oh, one. No, just kidding. <laughs> we, we could try it. It would take years. We could go on, I could go on a full Percy Jackson rant that lasted two oh hours gosh. right now. But back on topic, um, no, the amount of reactors that I watch, and they don't think Zutara from the beginning, and they could even, like, like Katang a little bit, but by the last ten episodes, you kind of see a shift in them when they see Zutara scenes. They kind of, you, you, see, you see the question in their eyes of, wait a second, 
is the story going this way? And you, it's a valid question when you're watching how this story unfolds with the two of them. It's a very valid question. And it's not just, oh, I shipped these two. It's literally, you can see them kind of being like, wait a second, is the story about to tell this story? And right. I've even seen people at the... When Katara runs after the final Agni to go heal Zuko, and he says, thanks, Katara, I've seen multiple people be like, are they are they about to kiss? Same. Is that yeah. going to happen right now? And then they don't. And Absolutely. Some people, are, some people are okay with that, and some people are like, what? That would have been the perfect moment for a kiss! And it's like... Probably because it's formatted in the perfect moment for a kiss that we've seen through many, many stories. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It totally. And I think they're, the writers are very actively playing with that and playing with the shippers and the shipping in general in the fandom. It is absolutely set up to be one of those moments. And overall, I'm glad they didn't, even if Zutara yeah. was going to be endgame. I think it's a much tender moment for not having it personally not having a kiss that's your asexuality coming through (laughs) for all of you who didn't hear me just roast her i said don't call me out i said that that's just her asexuality coming through um i as a person who is not asexual (laughs) would have been really okay with a kiss I like the slow development, and I like that tender, kind of unconditional No, no, Balark has ruined me for slow developments. I never want another slow development ever again. Balark has ruined that for me. No, I want I want kisses, and I want them as soon as I ship people now. Do we need, like, a Frankie tangent counter? Probably. Yes. <laughs> you, you just need to put a ding in the background every time I go off, just like ding! Oh my gosh, I'll add the number in the corner of the YouTube upload. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, Zutara, like I've said before, I'm okay that they didn't get together because I do think it would have been rushed. But if there had been a kiss, I wouldn't be in the background going like, oh, that ruined the moment. I would be like, oh, yeah. they. Oh, I wouldn't think it kissed. would ruin it. <laughs> I know. Like, just... I think I still would be happy. But yeah. ultimately, I think, like, the moment as it is, is very tender. You know, I keep yeah, using that word. Is. And very raw and open and vulnerable which i think is so important for both characters and like i said kind of that final seal and kind of this unspoken contract that they will now trust each other and help each other no i agree with that um so to me that's like more than any romance that was potentially (laughs) developing once again going back to the whole was it canon thing right that is the heart of the moment for me it is it's a very it's it's um a pact in a way. It's the solidification of a bond. It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic or platonic. It was like you said, just it's a solidification of um whatever feelings they have for each other um coming into a bond forever. Absolutely. And that I think is present even in how they end up going off together. Um there's this beautiful beautiful if you ask me moment where Zuko just turns to Katara and says, would you like me, you know, like, would you come with me to help take my sister down? And Katara says, it would be my pleasure. Mm -hmm. And there's this unspoken bond between these two. And also the recognition that, like, after the Southern Raiders, they work together like a well-oiled machine. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say, well, they already know they work well together. So well together. They're freaking 
like badass combination team. I don't know. I don't know. Oh if my I've god, ever... they could be such like a vigilante duo. No, Zuko and Katara in all black under the cover of night, taking down criminals. Uh, red, blue spirit and painted lady style. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But There's also, literally, to me... they literally set them up as um foils in that way to each other. Of, oh, oh yeah. He is the wa- he is the blue spirit. He's a water bending vigilante, and oh, this is the painted lady. She's a fire bending myth of epic proportions that came. It's literally like, could you hit the nail any more into the coffin on the that? The imagery is so clear. Ugh. Yeah, but also to me, that moment speaks to the very much um, strategic, impractical oh, yeah. elements of Zuko's thinking. Because as hot headed as he is. He also, in his tracking, in his he way is of thinking, very clever, very clever, and very strategic. And he knows that Katara is the best person to have with him for the job. With he has seen her blood bend, something that oh, yeah. he did not know existed until he Katara. saw her bring a man to his knees and contort him. And, and can I say him. to Zuko's credit, I'm sorry. When Katara and Aang and Sokka first learned of blood bending, they were, you know shocked because you know of course you're gonna be shocked zuko takes like one look at her doing this and he's just like okay that's something that can happen let's keep fighting and he goes right back to like defense position and it's like well there you go that's zuko for you and he's also like damn i'm glad i'm getting on her good side (laughs) damn she's a queen (laughs) and i'm sorry but there is a little bit of Damn, that's really hot. <laughs> no, no, there definitely is. I'm sorry. Absolutely. No, it's just, Absolutely. no I find that very hot. Yeah. Which, 100%. I mean, yeah. Okay, but- even in little things, like, like, I'm sorry, but the way, like, the lightning in the shirt, like, burns part of Zuko's shirt off, like, and it's stuff. It's very sensual. It's the classic romantic setup. Like, they you are can't- toying no, no, no. with you the Zutara shippers. when Aang and Zuko are training with their shirts off oh my gosh it's just it's just lazing in the background you cannot tell me she was not checking zuko out just sipping her watermelon juice like yum i'm sorry she could have been checking aang out but i just don't think so i think that she was definitely checking zuko out i mean 100 percent I nothing against Aang, but again, he's twelve, so I'm just never ever gonna be able to talk about Aang in any like you know, l- like that. Right. Whereas right. Zuko, I can actually is be like sixteen. Zuko sixteen, and he's really hot. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. You know, and I'm I'm sorry, but you know, a teenage girl choosing she's like gonna a- look at right. She's gonna look at Zuko. <laughs> yeah. Especially after Jet literally being designed like Zuko to establish her type. Oh, yeah, Which I is know. confirmed. That oh, is, yeah, like, confirmed. not speculation. That is confirmed. I'm sorry, but the teenage girl, this beautiful teenage girl, she's going to look at the, you know, tall, dark, hot, very toned emo boy, not uh-huh. the scrawny 12-year-old. It's just okay, not going to happen. Can I just say, I watched the show before they had those little, like, text bubbles saying, oh, this was done after this, that they put in the show after. So then when I rewatched it with the, like, little info stuff, and it said, Jet was originally designed, blah, 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 about Zuko, because that's Katara's type. She has a thing for bad boys. I, w- I literally, I was like the vindication meme. I was like, vindication! <laughs> the thing is, looking back, though, like, 
even if you didn't know that, like, even if you just found that out listening to this episode and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so clear. Even if you didn't oh, see yeah. it in the moment, it's so incredibly clear. They've all, they look like long lost brothers, just different <laughs> ethnic backgrounds, maybe. But Spiky hair. <laughs> yeah. No, everything about the way they made their build. To like even their fighting style. Oh my gosh, and the dual weapons that they use. Yeah. Jet versus Zuko is probably one of my favorite Zuko fights. I love it. It's one of the best fights in the show. It's amazing. I love the confrontation between those two. And I also feel really bad for Jet. Not gonna lie. Oh, I feel terrible. And everyone is thinking he's going mad, and it's like, as the audience member, you're like, oh, buddy, like, you're right. (laughs) As the audience member, I think a lot of people are kind of like, eh. Jet was kind of an asshole. He has this coming. But I always oh, yeah. get so... He does, but at the same time, have you ever been right about something? And then he, he gets gaslighted. Jet gets gaslighted, basically. It's it's 100%. terrible. And then he literally gets And then also be proven right and not get any credit for it. It's... Oh, and it's like, are you kidding me? It's infuriating. I feel so it's bad so for him. It's so infuriating. Every time I, I see that episode, I'm just like, if oh, I Jet. was... If I was part of the Freedom Fighters after Jet died and, you know, looking at Zuko's coronation and realizing that Jet was right and actually Fire Nation, I would be marching with, like, justice for Jet signs. I would be, like... (laughs) I'd be so mad. So mad. Anyways, back to the Agni Kai, the actual topic of this episode. One second. Before we go back to the Agni Kai, I have one last rant to do to all the people who say that Zuko was kind of useless against Aang the first season because you brought it up when you talked about his tracking and everything. That boy tracks the Avatar across the freaking world at 16 with a with a s- skeleton crew of Fire Nation soldiers and Uncle Iroh who's doing everything in his power to keep Zuko away from Aang. He did so good. The fact that he was able to track him as closely as he could even if he didn't Multiple end up capturing times. him. It's so impressive. So impressive. That's why, literally, and they all know it. I mean, they know he can't, he doesn't do a good job capturing Aang because Aang is an airbender that no one has seen for a hundred years and no one knows how to fight air. But I digress on that point. My point is, even if he couldn't capture Aang a whole bunch, he could track him and he could fight him. And that's why in the last few episodes, when they're all like, oh, where's Aang? Literally every single person turns to Zuko and is like, well, you are what kind do of the do? expert on tracking Aang. Right. <laughs> what do we do, Zuko? Which is really, really funny, actually. Oh, it's but yeah, amazing he absolutely comedy. is, you know, like I said, hot headed Gryffindor that he is. He is also very strategic in his decision to bring Katara with him. Very strategic. Bring a very powerful waterbender to fight a very powerful firebender is brilliant. Um, You know, you can use water against lightning in particular effectively, like Mako did against um, Mingwa in Legend of Korra. Yeah, that was obviously the reverse, but nonetheless, you know, um, Katara could send some water her way while, you know, she was sparking up lightning or something, electrocute her. Right. There's a whole bunch of, like, although, I don't know if firebenders can be electrocuted easily. Is that a thing? Firebenders? Yes, they can be, because Mako in, um, Korra, he's he's electrocuted many times before he's like, screw this, and, you know, shoots it back. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's harder to fry them, though. 
I think it, they have higher tolerance. They probably do, because they can channel it without really realizing they're channeling it. But I still, it can definitely happen, because we see it happen. Oh, yeah, and that's part of the danger of lightning bending and lightning redirection. Yeah. Obviously, which, you know, Iroh talks about. So right. They're not lightning proof. Um, so Katara, in general, is the best person to go well, up and against they set that up. Azula. They set that up twice before we actually get to that because we see it in the Melon Lord when they're taking on, you know, Toph, who's posing as the Melon Lord. We see that those two are paired up together. And then we also see it in the Ember Island players. Do we see it in the Ember Island players? I'm not sure. No, we didn't. It was just Zuko. Okay. But the point is that they kind of set that up when they put Zuko and Katara together against Toph. Just to show, oh, this is what's coming, and look at their fighting styles, how well they they do with each other, fighting side by side. How well these opposites blend together mm-hmm. and help one another, absolutely. And also, when you look at all the other options that Zuko had, like, okay, Sokka and Suki, he's not going to take a non-bender. I'm sorry, no. but a non-bender is just not the person to face Azula. In particular, um, you need a bender with you. You know, to help even the score. You really do. And also to keep them safe. Um, and then also, Toph. Like, you know, in, in the case of facing Azula, her blindness is more of a setback in, in regards to fighting. Um, especially with the lightning and all that. And I'm sure Zuko did not want anything to happen to little Toph. I'm not sure I, she was the best person. I don't even know if it's that. I think it is more so for Su- uh, I almost said uh, their ship name, but I think it is for Suki and Sokka because I think there is, you know, he does want another bender to face Azula, right. even though Sokka has shown to be um, able to take on Azula before without really getting hurt, but still. Uh, but Never, not really on his own much, though. No, and not, not when on she his was own. full out trying. Right. So I, right, that he does well, but. He's not going to be able to do much if she was really want, wanting to end things, which she does in the Agni Kai. But I think more so over Toph's blindness, I think he just was like, no, Katara, I've already fought with her. I know we can do this well. And that's why I picked her. I don't even necessarily think it's because he was thinking about, oh, Toph won't do as well. Because I think Toph could actually do well against Azula with Zuko. But I think it's just... I've already fought with Katara, I already know what we can do together, and it works, so let's do it. And I know how powerful she is. Yeah, definitely. And once again, it's that powerful water bending going up against that powerful fire bending. Right. And also, I do think there is an element, though, of um, Katara being able to handle herself more. Um, you know, yes, Toph could handle herself, but I don't know, being blind against Azula, like... Yes, you know, her earthbending is really powerful, but especially with Azula being as unhinged as she yeah. is, I'm, I'm not sure how that would, like, I feel like she could very easily shoot some lightning at Toph, and Toph wouldn't be able to react quickly enough, so yeah, the whole thing is, like, it's questionable, for... you know, um, it's kind of, you'd almost have to see that play out, but yeah. nevertheless, like, you know, whether or not, um, you know, Toph's blindness would be, like, a, a fight-determining um, 
right. aspects <laughs> that set her back. Katara is the obvious. They best needed choice. her. They needed her on the ship with Sokka and Suki anyway, so it was never going to be tall. True. They needed her metal bending. Yeah, absolutely. And it is explicitly Katara's water bending and her creative thinking that ends up winning her the battle. Oh yeah, definitely. Except for you know, and this was the. Katara didn't do this. The creators did this when they had her run directly in Azula's line of fire before Zuko took that strike for her. Like, that was that was the creator's way of, like, putting her in a position where, you know, she could get a bolt of lightning shot at her because Katara is not going to run from her safe spot way back into the fold when Zuko is doing, he's winning that fight up at that point. He's definitely winning that fight. To be fair, to be fair, Zuko also says, what, no lightning? Afraid I'm going to redirect no, it? No, no, no. I don't, don't care. taunt her. Don't encourage her no, to shoot the lightning. Have. No, no, no. I will fight you on this. No, he did. He knew exactly what he was doing. She was unhinged. If she shoots lightning at him, he is going to redirect that shit. Oh, yeah, and he he's is. he's going to hit her. And he knew that. Katara comes out of nowhere. And that is not even, I don't even blame Katara. I blame, that is a plot device they use to. Yeah, yeah. Because no, no I, way- I don't disagree. It was still dumb of Katara to run out from her safe spot. I don't know if she thought that Zuko was losing based on something she heard. She didn't. Like, we just needed, we just needed that moment. Right. They for did it for that moment. jump in front of lightning for her. Which concludes a lot of points. And they milk it. Oh, yeah. And they milk it. They did not reach out for each other. We see the slow, dramatic (laughs) jump in the no. The music, the music, the lightning reflecting in Katara's eyes. Katara crying. Yep, and the Uh, lightning reflects in her eyes, and she's like so worried about him. It's beautiful. It's it's absolutely beautiful, and so, like I said, the intentions of what that was supposed to be building up to couldn't be clearer. Well. of the matter is they did not need to have that scene like i said katara could have stayed behind in the back they had her run out on purpose so that that scene could happen so that azula could shoot at her so zuko could jump in front of her so that we could get that entire sequence of events and it's like why do that if you didn't even want that scene and listen even if they were dead set on having that confrontation between katara and azula who are very mm-hmm. much paralleled in a lot of ways, these two yeah. 14-year-old girls who lost their mothers, even if they were dead set on that, they could have gotten Zuko out of the picture in a different way. That yeah. was intentional. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even care. Zuko wins that fight against Azula. Oh, 100%. He, ah, uh, uh, I, I can't. I wish we could have seen that play out, too. As much as I love the Zutara moment, and I do, I wish we had, like, an alternate, like, like they released an alternate version where it didn't happen so we could just see how it would play out just those two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's ultimately Zuko's willingness to sacrifice himself and, you know, having grown to care about Katara, mm-hmm. um, that takes him out. It's not any fault of his own. <clears throat> It's once right. again that plot device, Guitar running out. And I think that's so indicative of also Azula underestimates Zuko's selflessness. She doesn't mm-hmm. understand that he has grown to care for these people, has formed bonds with these people. 
to the point where he's willing to sacrifice his life to save them. She doesn't understand that. And that's uh, ultimately what ends up taking her down. It's I think that she I think she 50-50, maybe she just shot at Katara to shoot at Katara, but I also think she did know there was a very good chance he was going to sh- jump in front of that lightning. Oh, no, I think she shot at Katara to hurt Zuko, but didn't think he was going to jump. Maybe. I think she shot at Katara to get to Zuko, but did not think that he would actually jump. Because think- Azula, she can't comprehend that. She is such a Machiavellian. She is so egocentric. She can't comprehend that. She would never do that for Mayor Tai Lee. The no. people who had been her closest friends, she would never do that for them. I, I think her mind, her psychology actually can't wrap her head around that. Uh, I think she knows Zuko pretty well, I feel like, actually. She knows if him. You look at the series. She does. She knows people very well in that she learns how to get to their weak spots and, and emotionally manipulate them. Mm-hmm. But... She has some blind spots, just like with May, when she betrays her. Right. That are the times that lead to her downfall. She has these blind spots that come from her lack of humanity that she overlooks. And that, I think, is that kind of moment. She does, but I think it's, in her head, it was 50-50, maybe in the back of her mind. I think she did see maybe both outcomes and was just like, oh, whichever one happens, I'm fine with. Because I think maybe she did think, oh, I can hurt. Katara but I think also maybe in the back of her mind she was thinking if he really cares about her maybe he'll try and stop it yeah and I think it's she understands like she's able to look and see that shooting Katara would hurt Zuko that they have grown close that they are important to one another just as any other member of the gang would be you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's particularly, you know, just a Katara thing. No, it's I all think of them. He, he would jump in front for any of them. Absolutely. There are some Zutara shippers that, you know, don't think that way and say, oh, you know, like he only would have jumped for Katara. I don't believe that at all. No. I think I think that is an unconditional. I think that would be a disservice to his character growth. Yeah. That. Yeah. A hundred percent it would be. I don't think that element is Katara specific. I think it's showing the bond well, that he has developed with all of these people, this new group of friends. Think of him jumping in front of Sparky Sparky Boo Man before he even really had a bond with any of them. True. Like, yeah. He he does that without even... The point isn't Katara in that sense. The point is this is Zuko who now has someone he cares for and he's going to protect them. Right. Exactly. And Azula sees that and understands that. But what she can't understand is why. Yeah. that That's, I think, where the disconnect is. This is, like, becoming an episode about the psychology of Azula. Um, I mean, By the is- way, short plug. Um, I mean, they're a huge channel, but Hello Future Me has the most incredible analysis of Azula's psychology. And it is a must-watch if you are an Avatar fan or even... Oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like even if you aren't an Avatar fan or familiar <laughs> with Azula, but just, like, psychology and analyzing that kind of thing, like... This would appeal yeah. to you. It's almost an hour long. It is so worth the watch. I've watched it like three or four times walking around doing stuff. Um, And I get something new. I notice something different that he notices like and says in the video every single time. So I, I don't think you small can plug talk there. About, yeah, I don't think you can talk about the final final Agni Kai, though, without talking about Azula's psychology because it does fit into the. It fits into the entire fight, but it also fits into the moment 
you know, the Zutara moment. It it all encompasses each other in that one. Oh yeah, it's all interconnected. You know, like we yeah. talked about that that struggle in the second episode. Um, if you guys listen to that, I don't I don't know how many of you guys are actually listening through chronologically or through referencing past episodes that you haven't haven't actually listened to. Hey, that'll make them listen. It's fine. True, but um, for those who have, you know, we talked about in the second episode how hard already was. You know, this is only our third episode. We've noticed um how hard it is to self-contain these topics because the writing is so complex, so beautiful that they all interweave and lead into yeah. one another. And it feels like you can't fully discuss one without going into the other. And even in the last episode, we talked about the healing aspect of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk much of the final Agni Kai because we knew we would be doing this episode. Right. But, but this is healing... like the ultimate healing moment between the healing them. moment and it's not just her healing his scar it's very uh it's all of it when he jumps in front of that lightning he's healing himself in a way too he's taking the brunt of that knowing what's going to happen season one zuko doesn't do that for anyone except iroh season three zuko doesn't would do that for his friends which is what we're saying and that shows his growth. It shows how he's healed. And the fact that he did it for Katara, who had such a big part of that healing, is really telling. And it's really good that they did that. And it shows a full circle. And then Katara, in turn, taking away one of his abusers and defeating one of his abusers for him when he helped her. And then her healing him, it's just another circle of a different type of healing. And it's it really... It's the ultimate It's scene. the climax of the healing yes. cycle. It's the culmination of three, two seasons now of them healing each other. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, you know, it's really also what was very much foreshadowed or built up in the Southern Raiders, where now mm-hmm. um, the Southern Raiders showcase, you know, we had a glimpse of them kind of physically saving one another in the beginning, but it was more about the emotional healing. You know, mm-hmm. to help them gain that trust and you know like i said in the last episode cross that bridge um yeah to get that strong bond and relationship now we're saving and healing each other to a greater extent right to, to a, a life level literally really. i mean not that that wasn't technically present in the southern raiders but still it's bigger they were never they were never in real danger in the southern raiders they handled everyone they came across without any real problems I mean, like, they someone just... else could have caught Zuko. Someone else could have, like, right. I don't know. You know, the, the oh, whole you're thing. Oh, talking, you're talking about the beginning of the Yeah, segment. where I they physically more... save. Okay, yes, that. I was thinking more of so on the ship. They had no trouble taking care of everyone. Oh, so my God, that, no. Right, yeah. that's why Once I was again, more working like... together like a well-oiled machine, who you right, would think had been why... partners for a long time. That's why I was like, eh, they don't really come into danger in that. But then I was like, oh, wait, yeah, you're right. The first seven minutes (laughs) but still it's a building up this is the like i said climax of that this is the ultimate sacrifice the ultimate healing that they can do to one another and that's what like i said kind of is that seal on the arc of their relationship and it says a lot that i know we've already talked about this but it says a lot that it's not only because of how capable katara was Zuko trusted her above everyone else to be there in case he did fail. That's a big thing. Because he's... That's where, that's where the argument comes in where Zuko probably does end up 
trust in Katara more than most people, more than most of the gang by the end of this season and further on throughout their relationships because he doesn't, when he has to choose someone to be at his back and to trust to take care of his sister, if he can't take care of her, he chooses Katara. And that's not just based on her bending ability. That's based on her. No. And I firmly agree. I mean, gosh, even if Aang had been there, you know, I almost question if he still would have picked Katara. You know, maybe not, but... um, I don't think so. With Aang having... Yeah, you know, with Aang having all four elements, I think he's out of the picture for that decision for a reason. <laughs> um, Obviously. Yeah. You know, to, to make that choice, like we said earlier crystal clear who the right person to pick is but um you're absolutely right it he has developed a trust in her and they have developed a trust in each other in going off together in supporting one another that no one else in the gang can really have because they have that shared trauma and also that shared maturity level yeah they can't have that with anyone else that is something special and unique to them and yeah. I think that's really beautiful. And that's why, in general, the pairing is so appealing to people. And like we've said in previous episodes, <clears throat> Sokka and Zuko are probably on the same maturity level, but Katara is not on the same maturity level with anyone else like she is with Zuko. That's the difference. And to me, what's so beautiful about the moment is that even after they've saved each other, even after Zuko has taken that lightning for Katara, and Katara has used that spirit water... They have this interaction that shows their mutual bond and understanding where Katara and where Zuko says, thank you, Katara. And Katara says, I'm the one who should be thanking you. Yeah. It's that cycle. Like that literal, you know, not only is that kind of like signing off once I like I keep saying that seal, you know, on, on their bond, on their trust for one another. But also in that dialogue, they're literally acknowledging this cycle that they have yeah of helping and saving one another um because both of them have something to to thank the other for a hundred percent even after when they get up and they look at azula instead of katara being happy that they've won she knows how horrible this situation is she holds she puts her hand on zuko's shoulder it's very tender yeah she she puts her hand on Zuko's shoulder and winces. Like, she sees the pain that he's in. She's and wishes she could take them. it away. Both of them. Yeah. She's very, awa- she's very aware of how tragic that relationship is. And Absolutely. She doesn't, and is literally she, there to support him. She's right. She didn't smile. She wasn't like, we won. It wasn't that type of victory. She knew what that entire battle meant. She knew what it meant for him particularly. And she was there for him at the end when yeah. she could have been celebrating absolutely there wasn't any you know ding dong the wicked bitch right. is dead you know like which further shows their <laughs> you know their, it's, which further, she sees it the pain further shows right she sees also you know she doesn't probably know exactly what happened but i think she sees that history of abuse in both of them she yeah. sees all the trauma behind their eyes all of the sorrow and hardship and she like I said, just winces. She sees, well, and I almost wonder, looking back, like, I think that's Sokka. almost the moment where, you know, seeing Azula and seeing Zuko's reaction, I feel like that's the moment where she really, truly, fully looks back at all of these past interactions that mm-hmm. she had with Zuko and also thoughts that she had towards them and yeah. sees the truth. It all comes pouring in. 
I think also, like you said, she parallels Azula, but she has a brother. She and Sokka. They both have older brothers. Right. And she and Sokka were raised with care and affection. And even if it wasn't by their parents because they were gone, it was by their grand-grand and their tribe. I think she sees that too. She, She sees Azula on the ground and she sees Zuko away from him. And that could have been her and her brother. It absolutely could have been. And she, that she sees loves. and recognizes also, you know, at the beginning of the show, like if you had told Katara that they had privileges over the Fire Nation and over the Fire Prince and Princess. Right. I mean, she would have scoffed. She, she would have laughed in your face and like thought it was insulting. But she's mature enough to look back, like I said, reevaluate all of these interactions and thoughts that she's had toward these people and see that. She had certain privileges that these kids did not, and that they grew up in such an abusive household. As they grew up as weapons. They weren't yeah. raised to be kids. No, they weren't. And as hard as, you know, as hard as their lives were, as so much they lost, Zuko and Azula also lost, and they did not have the support system that Katara no. and Sokka had in their grand-grand, even in their father, and that is Zuko critical. had Iroh. Zuko had Iroh. Azula had no one to fall back And that on. right there is the difference that... Yes. You know, in regards to how they turn out. And even then, for a long time, Zuko didn't have Iroh. He was away at the war, you know, growing right. up in those critical development years. And he had his mom, technically, just like Azula had her father, who was also, you know, emotionally manipulative. But mm-hmm. Zuko's mom also couldn't serve as a great support because Ursa, her name is, um, right. was abused herself and very mentally ill and depressed. Mm-hmm. And only had so much freedom to help Zuko without repercussions from Ozai. She was chained herself. So both of them ended up in those horrible situations, even though it seems like they technically had support from one of the parents. And Katara sees this, like you said, for the first time in that moment. And it's very tender. Like you said, it's very raw. It's a very raw moment. Yeah. And she, you know, there's an unspoken, like, even though they both say thank you, there's an unspoken agreement i think between the two of them in that moment as they're standing there that we are going to support one another we are going to get through what this war has put us through together and right you know like i think we've proven today that you are a valuable person in my life right and i would choose no one else to have by my side in this type of moment except for you it is the ultimate their actions ultimate declaration of that you know, and I always like. I wonder what that ride back on Appa was like. I kind of envision that it's almost just silence. I don't even know if Zuko would have just this tense silence. I don't. No, they flew off. They definitely flew off. He probably flew off and went back to the Fire Nation Palace, right? Probably. Yeah, and you know, we see Zuko who you know injured and stuff. He he went back and got healed and stuff. Like got that cast that we see him yeah. in because that's the next time that we see him. Um, and also probably mentally prepared for like realizing that he's right. going to be Fire Lord and um, you know what what he's going to say to all these people um, who he knows are going to be from all four nations what he can right. say to unite them and all that and yes there's that shot of you know that close up of Katara as Aang and Zuko are standing up there that you know once again it can apply to either one. Um, I mean, you know, as you were jo- as you were joking about Katara, you know, checking them out as they're firebending, yeah. um, practicing firebending in that moment after the speech, there's that close up of Katara. And I think a lot of people like to read it as, you know, she's so proud of Aang and feels so much pride for Aang. 
But I think it's also for Zuko. I can't imagine. I mean, he made that beautiful speech. I think there's no way some of that isn't for Zuko. She is so proud of him overcoming all that he went through. They frame it like it's for Aang, but but it should be for both of them. It should be for both of them, 100%. And how it's framed, like, I get why people read it that way. Um, Well, they frame it intentionally so that you think it's just for Aang. Right, exactly. But Right. A hundred percent, I think, it emotionally, it's also them. for Zuko. Yeah. yeah. She is incredibly proud of him, incredibly proud of all they've survived, all they've achieved, all the gross, you know, because Katara has gone through so much of her own gross, a lot of that at the very end, enabled by Zuko working through her traumas, like we talked about yeah. in the last episode. They have come so far. And I think just seeing, you know, these two people who have had such an impact on her, Aang and Zuko, because... Make no mistake, even though, you know, I'm not a fan of, or either of us are fans of Katang romantically, Aang is a very important person to Katara, yeah. and they have a very important, special bond. bond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Katara is the one to find him. She's the first person yeah. he sees for a reason. It's just, it's just, yeah, don't get me into a rant right now, but <laughs> yes, they have a very special bond. It just isn't <laughs> it shouldn't it should be romantic. Happen. Yeah, right. it shouldn't be romantic. It, um, yeah, we can rant And she that feels so... Time. And she is just so, like, I keep using this word, but it's the only word I can think of, proud of these two people who have come so far and Mm -hmm. impacted her life in so many ways. And they've all gone through so much together. And in that regard, you know, I think, like I said, between Katara and Zuko, where that bond comes later, that last Agni Kai is, is, you know, the greatest and final declaration of that. It's, um, it represents, really, these two opposites coming together, just like they're about to as this war ends. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I think we might be able to end it. I think so. Um, we've thoroughly <laughs> covered this moment. You know, it's amazing that we can get a whole almost 40 40s. minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> Out of a what probably was 10 minutes of their actual probably. time in that um, episode. Yeah, Maybe definitely. Less. It's not a lot. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's bits and fragments of Into the Inferno and Avatar Aang. But there's a lot to unpack. But there is a lot packed in there. Absolutely. It is very very heavily emotionally charged um Mm -hmm. no lightning pun intended and (laughs) it is electric (laughs) they're electric was that too far sorry Um, (laughs) we should end it on they're electric (laughs) (laughs) that is too corny (laughs) yes it is i mean it's true but it's corny Mm. so um yeah it, it was a blast talking about this episode i think even if you're not a zutara shipper it evokes a lot of feelings it brings a lot yeah. to the surface it's a very powerful moment and no matter what way you read it it's a powerful moment between the characters of zuko and katara oh yeah definitely so thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next episode i this think this was fun yes i think we're going to talk about mako next episode <laughs> and katang it's can we, i mean if i talk about mako i'm gonna start talking about katang it has to be both of them because i'm Fair. gonna start ranting it is going to be a rant episode um i think i think i mentioned this in one of the last ones but you may not hear much of me in that episode it might just be frankie going on a a hour-long rant my favorite thing to do do not be surprised if that is the longest episode yet it's my favorite thing to rant about relationships that didn't happen because of certain decisions there are uh, at least cathartic there are at least 10 threads in our text history that we could go back on and literally just use as a transcript for the episode literally just for zutara y'all don't even want to know if i ever if i ever do a balark 
uh, anything you don't want to know. Oh just, my gosh. I'll leave it at that. I'll, Katie doesn't even watch The 100, and she could probably tell you like a million plot points from it because I've just spent hours ranting. There there needs to be just like a Frankie show where you also talk about like Nico D'Angelo in person Nico, that stuff and like Percy Jackson, <laughs> The House of Hades. There's so much. No, there needs to I've thought about that because honestly I there's so many things that I just need to get off my chest when it comes to fandoms because people don't understand some things and I need to make it clear to them (laughs) oh I feel that I so last I almost said last week it was only two days ago I hosted Tinsel was Toff with Michaela Murphy slash Jesse Flower yes she did and uh someone on the stream (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> said that people just ship Zutara because they're girls who think Zuko is hot and they're projecting themselves onto Gatara and I Well then what the f- I almost just swore. I what cringe the hell so hard do you like, think- I think I, I, what do you very think I very graciously changed the topic. You know, like we're not gonna get into fandom wars on on this stream. But I cringed so hard internally. I was like, oh no, Honey, you're that a better it. person. You're it. better. You're a better person than I am because I would have been like, so let's go buy this in bullet points. <laughs> which I, I wanted do. to. I wanted to. It took every fiber of my being to not be like, well, actually, here is my you know five is, paragraph essay with citations. When, when I get in arguments with someone, I just have like a bullet point list in my head, and I hit every argument, and that's why a lot of people just would really rather not debate with me but same we we, we are very similar in that way we we digress we yes need to we stop. do we will save the ranting for next episode i think we will tune in for an hour-long <laughs> topic yes discussion. that will be a very very fun one for sure Oh, it's going to be my favorite. And on that note, look forward to the next episode, I suppose. It should be a hot, fiery one. And happy Zutara shipping. Have a nice Christmas, guys.